Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Our church needs leadership. We don't just need bishops and priests to lead, not just those who are smart or influential. Now, more than ever, our church needs everyone to use their gifts and talents to lead. But what does this look like? How do we learn to lead? Today on the podcast, we talk about five habits of great leaders. We'll learn how to think and act like leaders and give you some tips on how to strengthen your leadership. Along the way, I'll share a hack on what to do with holy cards, and Kevin will share a time when he's recently failed to lead. You won't want to miss it, so stay right here. Happy September and pumpkin spice latte season. Gross. I saw pumpkin spice frosted flakes the other day at the grocery store. I saw Halloween stuff at the store in August, and I thought, if there was All Saints stuff, people would think people are crazy for wanting to celebrate All Saints Day and getting ready for it in August, but we're getting ready for Halloween. Anyways, I think it's crazy. Not we, like the world. Yeah, the world, not us. Yeah, it's true. But it's just whenever one holiday ends, they just start putting things out for the next one. Yeah. You got to fill that space Mm -hmm. because there's that like seasonal items and there's really nothing between now and Halloween. I know. That's why it's especially gross. Yeah. We should add another holiday in. I think that's a terrible idea. But here we are, September. September. (laughs) Yes. Well, you see, not everyone's liturgical nerds like we well more me yeah more you i Let's am just be really clear here yes which was my awkward lead-in to reminding you about i just did my third liturgical lowdown and if you haven't listened to one of those yet if you're like that's weird i don't know what that is just listen to one um i think they're really fun <laughs> i think there's a lot you can learn from them so anyways i just put it up um and all kinds of fun feast days and seasons going on in September that don't have to do with pumpkin spice lattes. I need to listen to it because that's part of the podcast that I'm not on. So I don't even know what that is unless I listen to it and find out. All I the could fun just feast bash days. you the whole time and that could be like code for liturgical lowdown. Sounds like something you do. <laughs> <laughs> Very in line with my character. <laughs> I only have good things to say about Kevin. That's why there's nothing. Publicly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that'd be great i think liturgical lowdown would be great to listen to but today Mm -hmm. we're talking about how to lead Mm -hmm. i'm really excited about this i think all of us are called not not i think i know all of us are called to be leaders in one way or another so just even by our own baptisms we're called to evangelize i think we're all called to mentor other people Um, most of us are called to parent in some way even if we're in the religious life we're called to be a spiritual mother or father we're called to be leaders at work, at home, at school, in our parishes. Um, leadership is really how we make a difference in the world. Um, you actually cannot not lead. Everyone's leading. It's just a matter of whether you're doing it well or not well. And so today, I just want to try to break down leadership and help us understand a little bit more about what does it mean to lead and practically how do we go about leading. Yeah, and I think this is really timely for the climate that we're currently in. 
it's funny because I feel like when you look at the news, it's like our country's kind of like divided and falling apart and the Catholic church is like divided and really going through a rough time right now. So more than ever, I think we need leadership, which is why I think this is such an important topic. I, we've had this outlined for probably like two months here, had it ready, but now is just the time when we're finally getting around to recording it. And I think that actually now is the perfect time to be recording it, looking at how desperately we need leadership right now and great leaders in all forms, not just, you know, president leaders. Yes, we need like the president, right? But like in all areas, mm -hmm. everybody needs to be doing a better job of leading. Absolutely. So we're going to be looking at five habits of great leaders today. So Kevin, why don't you start us off with our first habit of great leaders, which is start with the right attitude. Good. Yeah. So I think leadership is an attitude and it's a mindset that we need to have. And going off to your point, sometimes when we think of leaders, we just think, oh, the president of the United States of America or somebody who leads a corporation or someone who's, quote, put in charge. But really, uh, this this attitude that I am a leader. It's not just certain people. It's all people. No matter who I am, given based on the gifts and talents that God's given me, I can make a difference. And so I think it's really having the attitude and realizing that, that it's not uh, certain people are leaders and I am not. Really honing and saying, I am a leader in the sphere I've been given, in my family, my friends, my community, my neighborhood. I have the capability of leading in this situation. And so from that attitude and with that knowledge, it's, it's really allowing yourself to be proactive and looking at the situations you put yourself in and saying, how can I... Uh, actually step up? How can I be selfless? How can I make a difference in this situation that I've been, been put in? I think that's that's the mindset we need to have. And that's the mindset um, that really is that of a leader. I think it's important too, when you're thinking about your attitude, realizing that leadership isn't about you, it's about serving others. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we in focus really hone in on. We do whole classes on servant leadership. It's, isn't that one of like the main... I feel like they have like six lists of like important things, but mm -hmm. isn't that one of them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The idea that like leadership isn't about you, but it's about using the gifts and talents God has given you for the sake of others. And sometimes that means sacrifice. And sometimes that means um, having to make sacrifices. That's the only word I can think of right now. Yeah. Well, and I think it really goes back to our, our culture right now. We mentioned this before, but I think we live in such a culture of comfort like, like before, we, we everyone had to lead and step up because everyone depended on one another, right? So like you lived in the 1850s, you lived in a farming community, like you couldn't just sit in your house and be like, I don't need anybody, like I'm good on my own. Like, no, like you were a community that relied on so many different things. But I think in our world today, it's like, oh, like I can just go to my office and I'm just gonna take care of my stuff. I'm going to go to my house, I'm just gonna watch my TV and be comfortable in my house and I don't need to talk to anybody else in the neighborhood. I'm just gonna, like each area of our lives we can just see comfort instead of that selflessness because there's a certain sense of like, I actually don't really need anyone. Like I can get by quote unquote on my own. And I think there's just that tendency in our culture to say, you know what, why bother? Like why do things that are hard? Like. Why not just have a great weekend? Why not just watch another movie? Why not just whatever it is that, that gives us comfort instead of actually stepping out and being sacrificial? I think there's a real rub there in our culture that most people just say, well, why would you do all that work unless you're 
going to be comfortable or you're going to get something out of it. That's yeah. Like money or power or pleasure, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just starting with that right attitude. I think that's step one of, or the first, I should say habit of being a great leader is recognizing we're all called to leadership and it's not about us. It's about serving and other Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Great. So our second habit of great leaders is to plan with the end in mind. Good. This is like fun. So we've used kind of two Stephen Covey's uh, seven habits <laughs> for highly successful people. The first one is be proactive. Um, and the second one, uh, I- yeah, planning with the end in mind. So leaders think not just what do I need to do in this moment, but they think through what does this look like to the end? So you might even think of what it, what is the ideal here? Like what do we want our family to look like? What would we want uh, to value in this school community? What, what If we had a great parish, what would that ultimately be? And then you might even think of that particular task, like, great, what we're, we're going on vacation. Like, at the end of this vacation, like, what do we really want to grasp? So le- leaders actually think through these things, and Jesus talked about this in the Gospels as well. Luke 10, 28 through 29, he says, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. And so it's really leaders plan and they take the time to think things through. What do we want to be at the end? And do we have the materials and the resources and the things to actually get us there? And to really think through that process. Um, this this is huge, planning is sacrificial. And there's one person in my life who's really good at this and it's my wife, Lisa. You're always really good at planning, but oh, it's hard. Thank you. Like, it's, not, it's not easy to do. No, I mean, it does. It, does. it takes a lot of foresight. Like, I, you know, lately an example of like leading within your own life that isn't like, oh, I'm the CEO of this, but like the move has been a Mm -hmm. massive exercise in planning with the end in mind and really having to think through what the steps need to be and what do we want the final outcome to be. And now that we're in the house, all of a sudden like, okay, leadership's coming back up again like leading our family here because we have this house that's in desperate need of being um, aesthetically updated. (laughs) And we're fortunate. It's not anything that's crazy. Like the house isn't falling apart or anything, but it was built in the nineties. And when they modeled the house, I don't know. How do you explain that? Model before you remodeled. There we go. (laughs) Like there's a word for this. When they decorated the house, they did a, a beautiful job for the 1990s, but mm. they went with every fad that was going on. So there's like sponge paint and stencils and half wallpapers, like half the room is wallpapered. Everything's uh, in the kitchen's like this honey-toned wood that was really popular. So like in the 90s, this place looked hot, but not now. <laughs> so, so we're thinking about this remodel and I am very consciously going, we're not going to do anything that's a fad. Mm-hmm. So like we are trying to figure out what is classic, like darker wood floors. That's classic. Every house in every age, not every house, in every age, there are houses with like darker wood floors. So that's what we're going with. Or there's very neutral colors on the walls and it's not going to be a frilly house in terms of the decorations. We're not going to do things like shiplap, which 
is so cool and de- tempting, but in 10 years, I don't want to go. Remember how everyone used to do shiplap? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember when everyone used to do these tiles and then we're like, we should tear it out because it's so old. Um, but instead trying to think through, okay, how can we dress up the house with pillows and accessories and rugs and wall art, things that we can very easily change without having to hire a contractor to change them. Yeah, because it'd be really easy to come to the house and just be like, I want this to change now and to not think through those questions. Just be like, I don't know, just paint the walls and, you know, put in this and like change that. But leadership looks at it and says, no, like what do I want the end in mind? Like what do I want it to be like, you know, 10, 20 years from now? And then what are the resources that we have? Like what stage, you know, when do we do things when? And what stages do we go through? And why do we make those decisions? And how do they, how does one decision affect the, the next? All those things take leadership because it's so much easier in the moment just to say, change it. But to take that time is really sacrificial to do that. And it sounds so superficial because it's a house remodel. It's it does. like, does this really matter? But we have to practice in the little opportunities that are given to us. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes time for the bigger opportunities or when our leadership is really needed, we've honed that skill. And it makes it a lot easier to to know how to process through and, and make good decisions and have that foresight into how do we begin with end in mind. So it's something we want to be doing in everything. We always want to be very um, thoughtful about what we're doing with the resources that God has given us, whether that be money or time or our, our uh, stuff. Money, time, resources? I feel like money and resources is the same, but... That's okay. It's okay. Friends, I'm pregnant and I have this perpetual cold. So my brain was already like halfway functioning. And now I feel like it's a quarter functioning. So it's a really good time to be making major decisions. (laughs) And to be doing podcasts, which brings us to, (laughs) actually, this is, doesn't, this is real life. It doesn't transition well, but a Catholic hack. It's time to do a Catholic hack. It's time to do a Catholic hack. Yes. Um, So our hack for this week is very simple. It is simply to get a photo book for your holy cards. I know we all have a million and one holy cards. Every Mm -hmm. conference I go to, there's always a holy card. When you go to weddings or funerals or ordinations, there's holy cards. I feel like my kids come home with holy cards and you don't want to just throw them away. There's something about a holy card where you're like, oh, neat, St. Joseph, (coughs) throw them in the trash. Like it just doesn't seem right. Well, and you're not supposed to, it was especially if it's been blessed. If it's been blessed, you, yeah. Yes, sorry, this you is the holy not. card. We don't know if they've always been blessed. We're getting to technicalities here, but yeah, sorry. Yes, if it's been blessed, you need to bury it. All right, so if you want to get rid of it, so just a very simple Catholic hack would be to just get a photo book, just like you you would for baseball cards, to have somewhere to store them. You could even alphabetize them or put them in order by their liturgical uh, feast day. I mean, there's all kinds of things wow. you could do. <laughs> We're at another level here. <laughs> so just a great simple way just to know, okay, I've got this holy card. What do I do with it? Perfect. I'm going to put it in our holy card book. And then you don't have to find holy cards all over the house or um, put them in a drawer. And you're like, what? now what? Because you have a book. Where they oh, all you've got are a book. Yep. You can maybe trade them with people like baseball <laughs> cards. I don't know about that, but you want to trade some holy cards today? Bring your book. That's right. We're having a swap. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that's great. 
All right. Awesome. Time for our third habit of great leaders. Our third habit of great leaders is to listen with intention. So this one I think goes right after planning really well because so many times it's like, all right, I want to lead. Um, I've planned things out. But I think a lot of times people miss this step is with le- great leaders listen really well. And um, we want to take that time to really talk to other people, particularly other people who've maybe been in this situation before, um, just listening to counsel and wisdom about our own plans, doing our research and gathering whatever information we need to know as, uh, as well. And so I think listening to people also when we begin to lead, it helps get other people on board. Um, it helps us know what is actually needed and it helps us come to a realization of what the solution might actually be. And uh, we live in such a like social media world where we react very quickly and we think we can solve things like in a tweet. And sometimes we do this with our leadership as well, whether it's on social media um, or it's off social media and just leading in in everyday life. We want to have the right answer really quickly, look really smart, nail it, all these different things. But actually great leaders wait, stop, and they just actually listen to what's going on and understand uh, and get counsel and all those different things when they're making their plan. And I think this is so stereotypically counter millennial thought right here. Hmm. <clears throat> Tell us more. <laughs> well, I mean, it, and I, I say stereotypical millennial thought because I know a lot of millennials who are incredibly talented, who are incredibly insightful, who are incredibly um, grounded and don't fit that stereotype. But kind of the stereotype of like, oh, well, I already know the answer, so I don't mm-hmm. need to listen to anybody. I don't need to seek counsel. I don't need to take advice because I'm so smart and I know everything. And so I'm just going to come in and like run everybody over Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to like solve this problem. Yep. And then when it doesn't go right, it's like, well, I'm done here because no one listened to how smart I was, you know, Mm -hmm. or they get frustrated because they actually didn't know what they were doing and it's like, I'm not being used to my full capacity here Mm because people don't understand my worth and value. Yep. And maybe that's true, but maybe it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe there's a lot you could learn if you first listened or if you, you know, you didn't come on to the the team. And this is, you know, we're using the example of a work situation here. Yeah. We have to do this at home too with our kids, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Sometimes we need to like stop and listen and try to understand their issue and not just solve it for them or not just like try to like tell them like, well, here's how you do it because I'm your parent and I'm leading you, right? Same thing in the office, though it's you know slightly different. Um, but just just the need to sit down and and have some humility. I think it comes back to that servant leadership at the very beginning that we were talking about, having the humility mm-hmm. to realize like this isn't just about me and how great and smart I am. Yep. Yeah, I think that plays a lot into my new job and and just reading different books on what it means to lead and and taking over a new role, especially one that's um, you know more formal leadership like an executive director. Um, you know, a lot of the advice was listen, like just listen to the people around you. Don't feel like you have to act. Don't feel like you have to impress everyone. The thing that's going to give you the most knowledge about what you're supposed to do and get buy-in from other people that you're working with is just to listen to what's been going on. How have they been doing things? What challenges have they run into? And then from there, try to pick up, uh, the narrative or pick up the work. Um, I was really impressed right along these lines of a, a graduate student who wanted to start a new ministry. And instead of just doing it on his own, you could tell he was really seeking advice and wisdom and counsel from people. And so he said, Hey, Kevin, I just wanted to grab you for a few minutes and discuss it. And he didn't want to discuss 
his whole plan with me because I had different aspects and facets. But he said, boy, I'd really love your wisdom on this particular section, this particular facet of what I'm thinking about. And I thought that was, that was so mature and so um, just just showed great leadership that one, he was seeking out my advice, but he wasn't taking it extreme where it's just like, can you listen to me for four hours about everything and tell me what to do? And it wasn't also, I'm going to do this on my own. It was really balanced and just saying, hey, I know I value your time a lot and I also value your counsel and wisdom. Um, this particular aspect, I think, would be really great for you to speak into. And I was like, wow, you you actually know what you're doing. That was much more impressive than him just doing it on its own. And now, and now when I hear about that project, when I hear about that ministry, I'm going to be much more in support of it because... Not only did he exceed my counsel, which just on a personal level makes you want something to succeed more, but I also really had a great feeling he's thought through it and knows what he's doing. And it's a lot easier for me to say, boy, uh, you should get involved. You should you should join up with what he's doing because I bet it's going to go well. It's much easier to recommend. Excellent. So that is our third habit of great leaders, and it is to listen with intention which brings us to number four which is to act with courage and confidence yeah this might be our most interesting point and i say that because um you know after you decided to be a leader you've planned things out you've listened i think leadership um can be most difficult in the moment when you're actually trying to live out a plan and you're trying to do things and that's why i think courage and confidence are so needed is because as a leader, sometimes what I think separates a leader from just someone else is in those moments when it gets difficult, when it gets hard, when people stop doing what they they promised to do, when um, you thought a plan was going to work, but then it doesn't, but you're still responsible for it. It's like in those moments when things really are difficult and painful and sacrificial is I think leadership shines through the most because you decide to say, you know what, even though this is tough, I'm going to do it. You know what, even though this seems hard, I'm going to live out with with confidence. And um, yeah, I just think that's, in a sense, the essence of leadership is it's not just wanting to be a leader. It's not just saying, I am going to be a leader, but it's really when the stuff hits the fan and things are rough, you don't quit, but you say, I'm going to find a way to through this and I'm going to stick by it and I'm going to be responsible yeah, even when it just stinks, quite frankly. Yeah, and I think the key word right there is act. I think so many people talk or they say, mm-hmm. well, this is what we should do or this is what needs to happen. But when the rubber hits the road, they're not there. Yeah. They're like out to lunch or they're like, well, I told you what to do, so you could take care of it, right? Uh-huh. Like I led, I had a good idea. <laughs> like, yeah. No, like you got to be the one who's there putting in the grunt work and doing the annoying tasks. Again, it comes back to servant leadership. Like it's not always fun to lead if you're doing it properly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Leadership isn't, isn't about you. And that's, you really find that it's like gold tested in fire. Like in those moments where it's like, why did you really want to lead this thing? Like, why did you really want to help? Was it because it was about you or is it because you wanted to serve? And you find that out really quickly. Um, what that, you know, if that's the case or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lately, I know we've been talking a lot about, um, we as a, as a church and on the podcast too, just the, <clears throat> sorry, my cold. Yeah. <sighs> Rough. It's going to be okay. All right. The scandals, just everything that's going on with the crisis in the church. And the, you know, we challenged last week, um, 
you know, you got to do something about it. You can't just like tweet about it or you can't just get mad about it, but do something. And this isn't like to toot my own horn, but like a couple things that we did. One was setting up the living rosary. And I, I kind of knew when we set that up, I knew what I was inviting myself into. And I've definitely seen a lot of it. But, you know, we put out, here's our email if you have questions. And so I've gotten all kinds of crazy emails from people that, mm-hmm. you know, people, you know, telling me like, you know, I'm a bad person because I'm Catholic. <laughs> And even things like I I can't even like say on the podcast this one uh, email that was really disturbing. Um, or I had someone tweet at us and it was like, "Friends don't let friends pray the luminous mysteries." I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> what? I'm getting criticized for helping people pray the rosary. Okay, so like you just you know that that's what's gonna happen when you step out, and if you're doing it right, that is going to happen. You it you have to have courage and you have to know like, yep, this is probably opening up the door for some pushback and for some meanness. And, um, but you just, that doesn't mean you don't do it. I'm I'm like laughing throughout your whole thing because, you know, I was talking about earlier leadership is when, you know, you've sometimes agreed to do things, you've been responsible for it and somebody drops the ball and like you have to pick it up. And so that basically, to our, our lovely listeners out there happened with the living rosary. Like Lisa was setting this up and she's like, I don't know if I'm going to have time to do this or like send out all these emails to these people. And I was like, Lisa, I'll take it. Like I've got it. <laughs> I will do the living rosary. It's that important, Lisa. And I'm like going to take the tedious it. part of it. The yeah, sending the, out this over 600 emails at this point. Yeah. And I was like, I've got this. And, um, you know, we had something come up that, I had to be busy with, but still I could have done more work. And basically Lisa did the whole thing because she stepped up. And even when I said I would do it and I dropped the ball, she led our podcast by saying, no, I'm not going to just not do the living rosary because my husband's being, yeah, a slacker, well, but she's well, going to step up and do it. And she wouldn't speak bad publicly of me. <laughs> so she didn't. But throughout all this, I'm like, that's actually the perfect example is me dropping the ball and you picking it up. And, and, and to be honest, it was one of those things where, I knew when you said that, that your intentions were like, yeah, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to send out all the emails and set up all the groups. But I also knew that that was unrealistic. Like just at this time in life, like you're still in your first 90 days of your new job. I was like, that's really sweet that he thinks he's going to have time for it. And that he thinks he has the skills for it (laughs) because it takes an immense amount of like thought through details. So I was like, okay, great. If you really feel that strongly about it, let's do it <laughs> knowing, knowing that it would fall to me. But you know what? That's part of marriage too, though. I, you know, it's, it's like, it's really important. Um, and you know, something that Kevin felt strongly about. So I was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know if you heard that, but my wife said I was really sweet. That's the main thing I took from that <laughs> last minute of dialogue. Anyways. So, there you go. You just, yeah, it's just reality. If you lead, you're going to get pushback in one form or another. And you kind of go into that knowing it, but you just have to have courage and confidence that what you're doing in the direction you're going is worth it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. All right. Let's take it to number five. Our last one is to continue to challenge yourself. I think this is huge. I think sometimes when people want to lead or they want to do a plan, they want everything to happen again in that moment. 
And what we often realize from history, what we often realize when we study leaders is that leaders weren't just ready to lead in that moment. They'd actually been preparing a lifetime to lead. They've actually been working up to that point to where they could lead. It wasn't just something instantaneously they said, all right, now I'm going to lead in this big situation. There was a number of little things that led them to get to that level of leadership. And so I think really if we want to be great leaders, we need to continue to challenge ourselves so that we can continue to rise up in leadership. And so um, I think something that I always hear is leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And that's just the idea. That's just because it rhymes. Yeah, no, it does. Um, probably for why sure. they say that. Um, but I think something as small as, as reading is helps you understand different situations. It helps you understand different problems. It helps you get your brain really sharp so that when you get into a particular situation, you have reference points, you have context, you have something to help you know what to do. Um, another great, this is a great just like, you example, because you're a great leader. I'll give another example of, of Lisa, is just her getting her master's degree. I mean, she um, is able to write right now. She's able to speak right now. There's no sense of like, oh, I need more speaking gigs or I need to do this in order to be able to write. Like she does currently what she wants to do, but she said, no, I actually want to go and was given some great counsel. Like I want to go farther and I want to get this master's degree. And I can't actually tell you exactly how this master's degree is going to give me X, Y, or Z. It's more just, I want to be a great leader and I know if I know more, thing about, more things about my faith, if I'm better educated, I'm going to be able to lead better. I know I'm going to be able to speak better. I know I'm going to be able to write better. I know I'm going to be, be able to be more articulate and be in a place of, uh, yeah, just a better place to lead. And so I just think whether it's really big, like a master's degree, or really small, like I need to read more, um, all those things and all those challenges that we have uh, allow us to be better leaders. And I think the point behind the masters for me is it comes back to that servant leadership again. Like if I've been given this gift of being able to speak and write, I have a responsibility that comes with that. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to take that lightly and just like fly by the seat of my pants all the time and like take it for granted. But I want to make sure that I am serving those who invite me to come to their events and I'm serving those who pick up our books and mm -hmm. it's just important to me that you know you continually are making yourself better for the sake of those that you're serving yep. and that's that's leadership right um and I I think that doing those kinds of big things can seem overwhelming but it's such a good exercise in proving to yourself that you can. Mm -hmm. And then when God calls you to step out of the boat, calls you to lead in a certain way, it's not as scary because you're like, okay, but well, I've done this in the past and mm -hmm. God gave me the grace. He gave me the strength. He gave me the time, the energy and everything. So if he's calling me to this, then I can, I, I, I can point to something and go, yeah, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, you know, it's a lot, um, a lot of what we've been saying throughout the podcast, I feel like the main two points in my mind that are like coming forth are like servant leadership and practicing in the small things. Yeah. So you're just, you're practicing in those little things. So when it comes time, you have the confidence and you know, I can do this. I can lead because I've led in these ways, these smaller ways, these less significant ways. So when it comes to the big stuff, I'm, I'm ready to do it. And that brings us right to our Hatchy Challenge, mm -hmm. which is to choose something that has multiple steps and commit to doing it to practice hmm. and to prove to yourself that you can 
lead and take on big things. So whether that be something academically, um, maybe it's, you know, when you're looking at your class schedule, instead of taking all the easy classes, pushing yourself to take a harder class, um, whether that be something like running a marathon um, or taking on a new ministry at your church that you just you see a lack in, um, take on something that has multiple steps and that's bigger and 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 see it through to the end and prove to yourself that you can because we as a church and as a country need you mm-hmm. like desperately need leaders right now. <laughs> Leaders who are virtuous, who are servant leaders, who can, with confidence, step out and do the right thing. Just more than ever, there's a dearth of that in the midst of a time where there's a great and desperate need for it. Mm -hmm. And I think think of two people out there in particular. There's lots of different people listening to our podcast, but two people out there that I can particularly think of as one those who don't see themselves as leaders. And again, I think we've been speaking to you quite a bit throughout this, but I'd really like you to just pray and consider changing that mindset and really saying, I actually am a leader. I actually can do something. And to really step out with courage and confidence and say, I'm going to do something. I'm going to get better and I'm going to keep stepping up. I think that's those one, one folks out there. And I really, really encourage you to have that change of mindset, to take that to prayer and ask the Lord to speak to you because the Lord wants you to lead. And the second person I'm thinking out there is those who have led before, but maybe they've gotten to a point of comfort in their life. Um, And maybe even the Lord lately has been calling you to lead and to reach out, but you've just made excuses. And if your heart of hearts, you know those, they're just excuses. Um, But to really uh, ask yourself, does the Lord have something for me to step out in? And how can I push myself towards leadership and not comfort. And um, just love for each one of those folks to, to think through that. And of course, anybody else who is pondering something, because I know these types of conversations just inspire and bring things out of people that go, ah, I know I need to do this, but I've just been putting it off. Awesome. Right. Yes. So final little reminder, I forgot to remind you of earlier, is please, if you have not signed up to join the Living Rosary, uh, like mm. I said, there's over 600 people that have signed up in the last week. It's 30 groups. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like you've sent out all 30 yeah, groups. 30, yeah, 30 full rosaries are going on each day for our church wow. right now. Yeah, um, incredible. It is incredible, and but we would love love to have more people join in. So please check out the episode from last week, um, How to Crisis. Mm-hmm. And if you go to those show notes, uh, you can find the link there for the Living Rosary. It's just a blog post that was put up, and there's a link within that. It explains what it is, and then there's a link within that so you can sign up to be in a group. Um, I know a lot of groups have been doing it together, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm like signing up their Bible study. Like when they get together for Bible study, they just all hop on their phones real quick and all sign up so they're in the same group because the order matters. Um, so we would just love to have you join us for that, um, and please just continue to pray for our church, just to pray for the truth to come to light. And that's, that's really my deepest prayer right now for, um, the, the current situation with just waiting on, um, some more answers, Mm -hmm. um, is just for the truth to come to light. Absolutely. Well, that was our show for today. Thanks so much for listening in. If you want to connect with us, you, uh, you can email us at hello at madetomagnify.com or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter or Lisa Ann Cotter. That's Ann with no E. 
As always, if you enjoyed this show, please give it a rating on iTunes, add it to your podcast subscriptions, and tell a friend. This helps get the word out about how to Catholic. Until next week, be saints. It's worth it.